Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is your best friend, Velvet Al, here with a spinoff to my other podcast, Velvet Al Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. This is Velvet Al Watches Baywatch Nights So You Don't Have To. Same basic premise of me watching something and recapping it, watching it for the first time and giving my lifetime reactions with absolutely no prep work beforehand, no preparation, no preparation H either. But instead of doing movies, I am doing Baywatch Nights, every single episode of it. I don't know why. It was, it seemed like a funny idea. It's a very dumb idea, but I'm committed to the bit. So I will watch Baywatch Nights, which is a spinoff to the original Baywatch. And I don't think I've ever actually watched a full episode of the original Baywatch. I just know it was about, like, just good-looking lifeguards running in slow motion. I mean, that was the big joke of it. So I did watch the movie with The Rock and Zac Efron. And I thought it was actually pretty funny. As for the show itself, I don't know. I I think I watched like half an episode because Hulk Hogan was in it. But, yeah. But Pamela Anderson was in the original Baywatch. But she wasn't my jam. I liked the other ones that also posed for Playboy. I think there was a big uh, Playboy, Playmate, Baywatch crossover scene going on. But Baywatch Nights is, I believe, the sci-fi spin-off, because at nights, crazy things happen on the beach. I think. <clears throat> I don't really fully know. I just heard, read somewhere once that it was like a sci-fi horror spin-off of Baywatch, which means it is going to be absolutely fantastic, or fantastically horrible. Either way, that's what uh, Velvet Owl podcasts are all about. So... Without further ado, I am going to watch the very first episode of Baywatch Nights. Starts off with David Hasselhoff pretty much just telling us what this series is going to be about. About how when the sun goes down, the beach is still hot. Yeah. I'm guessing we're in for a lot of these type of puns, aren't we? Is that even a pun? That's just bad one-liner. But apparently some lady from New York who was a private investigator, moved to California. And because David Hasselhoff, he's all about helping people, he's going to help her be a detective. Because, you know, I guess David Hasselhoff just doesn't sleep. He's spending all days as a lifeguard on the beach. And at night, he is a private investigator. So, I'm guessing probably these early episodes are going to be, like, just you know, crappy 80s type thing. It, it's Knight Rider on the beach, basically, I'm guessing. Except without a talking car. But bad case of the weeks. So I don't know, but supposedly sci-fi horror happens in the series. So I'm guessing it maybe slowly sneaks into being that. Although it'd be awesome if it's right off the bat. And actually, I dig the theme song for this show. It's, uh... I might just use it as the theme song for my podcast, because, you know, what, they're going to sue me for royalties? Well, joke's on you, Baywatch Night producers, I make no money off this podcast. So, but, you know, we get the opening credits, 
Angie Harmon is in it. I think she's the private investigator from wherever. And I thought at first, like, Ernie Hudson was in this, but it's not. It's some other black guy. So that's racist on my part. I apologize. And Lou Rawls stars as Lou something. So I'm glad uh, Lou Rawls is getting a part, and I'm guessing he's did the awesome theme song. I don't really know much about Lou Rawls, but it's one of those names of, I feel like I should know more about him than I do. I just know he's like a blues singer, isn't he? I could be completely wrong, but he's got a set of pipes if it is him doing the theme song. But interestingly enough, there it's credited to four people for the created by. So it took four people to create this show, one of whom is David Hasselhoff. I would think like it would take two people at most, and that's considering one of the persons is David Hasselhoff. Because I just imagine it'd be like David Hasselhoff says, I want another Baywatch show, but I want to be a detective. And some other guy's like, okay, um, here's a sidekick, here's another sidekick, and we're going to throw Lou Rawls. And they pitch it to the studio, and the studio's like, green light, right there, this is fucking money. We start off with this guy in the shadows playing some just generic blues rock licks. Um, just very much in the shadows. Uh, they should have called this show Baywatch Dark, because it's fucking dark and I can't see anything. And I don't know if that's just a stylistic choice, or it's just a really bad quality upload. Because uh, this is off YouTube. YouTube has all the Baywatch Nights episodes. Which is good. Because you can't find it anywhere on streaming. But that is what I love about YouTube. I hate when YouTube hits copyright strikes and shit doesn't get on TV. Because I feel in our day and age, there's no reason for anything to not be readily available. Especially Baywatch Nights. Come on, how much would the rights to Baywatch Nights cost? Netflix, get on this. Who cares? It's on YouTube. That's all that matters is I can watch this. So this guy's playing uh, just generic blues licks while this lady in a white dress is running from someone and there's the sound of uh, cameras going off. Is there a photographer taking pictures of her? And she drops her glass, her wine glass, and she's being chased until she reaches the edge of the cliff. And even though it's been super dark, now it looks like it's sunrise. And she gets pushed off the cliff. So, I'm guessing this is our first mystery. Is who killed this lady? Only David Hasselhoff can tell us. Now David Hasselhoff pulls up in his Ferrari. And since he's a private investigator, he's going to have narration voiceover narration because he is a detective and he tells us that his father told him sometimes you find a woman so beautiful it knocks the wind out of your sails and he wonders is today going to be that day for him spoiler alert yes of course because why would he bring it up if it wasn't going to be his day because there is a supermodel played by Carol Alt I believe her name was in the uh, credits and it kind of looks like what I remember Carol Alt looking like. I could probably, like, Google that and see. But I don't know. We're going to go. We're, we're going to say it's Carol Alt. And she's doing a photo shoot on 
top of a horse on the beach because sure why not <laughs> these perfume ads they're dumb that's the kind of ads you get where a beautiful woman is riding a horse on the beach and you're like yes i want to smell like that horse at least that's what that's the way i interpret perfume ads like that and david hasselhoff stops by and there's this tarot card girl and she's not sure if she wants to keep reading tarot cards because she can't tell if there's a future in it. Because, I get it, because um, she's supposed to be a fortune teller, but she can't tell her own future. Oh! Which does make you wonder about, like, fortune tellers. Like, um, shouldn't they have foreseen that they weren't going to do very good at being a fortune teller? But David Hasselhoff then goes and walks over oh but she does read his fortune kind of because she's like oh i can feel lust coming off of you which yeah you know you look at david hasselhoff first of all anytime i see david hasselhoff i just picture he is lusting after someone and then you see that he's staring at the supermodel so of course yeah he's lusting after a supermodel you're a really shitty fortune teller and david hasselhoff goes over to the model and they uh, make some really awkward flirting and he tells her that he's a private investigator. So, what about his lifeguard duty? Is, is Are these shows, like, concurrent? Like, is Baywatch and Baywatch Nights, like, in the same Baywatch universe? So, I was assuming that, you know, by day he's the lifeguard, and by night he's the private investigator, but apparently he's also a private investigator in the daytime, and doesn't even tell her that she's he's a lifeguard, which... You know, lead with that one. I I think you're trying to make moves on a supermodel. I think you got a better chance with the lifeguard than with the private investigator part. Now, some more voiceover narration. Because, you know, David Hasselhoff is trying to be, like, the hard-boiled detective. Except, wow, he doesn't have, like, the dialogue for it. Or the delivery. And he's all like, you know, women can be trouble. Especially when they're your partner. Like, oh, yeah. So we're going to get a will they or won't they vibe throughout this show, aren't we? So, but he's going to the office, which they must have just moved in because they're just full of boxes and, you know, some of the phones aren't even plugged in and Black Partner doesn't seem to know how to work the phones, really. But they've got a case, the missing body, because a body was missing from the funeral home. It got misplaced. And... You know, David Hasselhoff's kind of like, Ugh, do we really want to take this case? And Black Partner and Female Partner are like, dude, we've got, like, no cases. <laughs> They're going to pay us. We take the fucking case. And then David Hasselhoff goes to sit in his chair, and he falls over, forward, or falls over. <laughs> and it's not funny. It was meant to be funny, but it was not. And now, I guess he is a, a lifeguard as well, because now he's in his lifeguard uniform. Like, not the full shorts, shirtless uniform, just like the during the day when he's not running on the beach uniform. So it's the shorts, but with a white shirt. And he sees that some lifeguards have pulled the body out of the water, and it was of another supermodel who got thrown off. So I think that was the supermodel from the beginning of the episode, and she got thrown off the cliff. So was this the missing body, or he just kind of, like came across it and he seems kind of a little like blase about it like uh that sucks 
and it happened on the beach. Oh well, let me continue walking. And he sees the the living supermodel, Carol Alt, and she's being hounded by a photographer who kind of looks like Steven Seagal except skinny and no ponytail. And the voiceover narration is telling us about how when David Hasselhoff was a kid and he was playing with his favorite baseball, this other kid said, give me the baseball. And David Hasselhoff said to him, you make me. And the other kid's like, fine, I will. And the other kid stole the baseball. And David Hasselhoff learned a lesson to not get into fights, I think. But he's trying to tell, like, Steven Seagal wannabe, like, dude, stop taking pictures of her. She doesn't want it. Look at her. She's complaining. There's a little thing about consent. This is the early 90s, but we still believe in consent when it comes to photographs. And Steven Seagal wannabe is like, yeah, well, let's fight. And David Hasselhoff's like, oh, no, look, I'm not looking for any trouble. Let's not fight. And then in what I'm going to call probably the best scene, what's going to be the best scene in this episode, and quite possibly of the entire series, this guy riding a bike comes along, and Steven Seagal wannabe grabs him, pulls him off the bike, and throws him into David Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh, my God, that was... I'm going to watch that scene again, because that was fucking hilarious. During the scuffle, Carol Alt runs off because, you know, can't be staying too close to David Hasselhoff for too long because those, like, man vibes are just going to take you over. And I imagine that even if I, like, spent enough time in David Hasselhoff's presence, I would want to sleep with him. He's just got that aura. The aura of lust, as a fortune teller girl told us. But, so now he goes back to his office, and it's nighttime, so what, they've been there all day, and they still can't figure out what's going on. Um, apparently they have a hammer in the filing cabinet, filed under D. Just because, they don't know why. Um, I imagine, like, didn't they file it? Because it's not like they have any help, like, they don't have any interns, so one of them would have put the hammer under D. And in the filing cabinet to begin with. What kind of half-ass operation do you have here? And the black partner, he still can't figure out how the phone works. And the girl partner, she's like, I'm trying to get into the computer, but it keeps saying, what's your password, butthead? Which is actually kind of cool. Can you program a computer to say that? I, I want that. Like, when, my, when I turn on my computer, I want it to say, what's your password, butthead? Someone tell me how I can get this done. That would be cool. But anyhow, Carol Alt then comes in, and she has trouble. She's got a stalker, because she's been getting notes. Those ransom-type notes where, like, every letter's just cut out of a different magazine. Which I gotta say, that that's dedication. I, I don't think I'd have the patience to be able to cut enough, like, out of magazine. I would probably just use, like, two different magazines and just cut letters... From them, like ah, close enough. Just I don't. I would not have the dedication to, and more than that, like every single letter. Like sometimes you see, like you know, an entire word or like a series of letters will be cut out from the same magazine all in one spot. No, every single letter is taken from a different magazine or different articles in the same magazine, or it could all be from the same article. But, no, some of the fonts are different, so... Not all from... 
You know, if you're going to... You're just trying to, like, scare people, right? With going with different fonts. Why not just cut, like, entire words out of the magazine? Because you probably will find the words you need. It's not like, aha, uh-huh, all these words came from Women's Day. And we're pretty sure it was the January 1985 article or issue. So we can track down this stalker. I don't know. All I'm saying is people put too much effort in the, into these ransom notes. But she's scared because there's nothing the police can do because, you know, they don't even know who it is. So she wants to hire the David Hasselhoff Detective Agency. I don't know if that's the name of the agency, but should be. And she wants to hire them as bodyguards. And then she says the magic words. I'll pay you whatever you want. Oh, yeah, because they need money. So around the clock uh, protection... Luckily, there's three of them, so that means each one gets an eight-hour shift, which is a typical job, so it's uh, good for them. And David Hasselhoff pulls the overnight shift, and so he's checking all her house and making sure everything's okay, because she's in a fancy beach house that has no shades, apparently. Like, just large, like, windows that you can see into. Um, This will come up important in just a second. I just want to point point out first, there's a lot I want to point out that kind of just bothers me. Fucking rich people and the way they live. So she's wearing a white dress that kind of looks like the the famous white dress from Basic Instinct, the one Sharon Stone was wearing when she just flashes everyone her crotch. So kind of that, and Kara Alt's not wearing a bra. Ooh, I wish Baywatch Nights was on Cinemax. Oh boy, that would have been much better. But my thing is, she's in for tonight. So I don't know if she came from a party or something, or she's just just sitting around still wearing this dress. Okay, if she was at a party when she gets home, wouldn't she just get off that get out of that dress as quick as possible? I know, like I get home, I want to take my pants off as quick as possible. And I'm just wearing pants. <laughs> like, I can't imagine, like, wearing a dress and being like, yep, I'm going to spend the rest of the night just wearing this obviously uncomfortable dress. But she wears it because she's rich and famous, and I guess she just has to look glamorous all night long. Or maybe it's because David Hasselhoff's there, and she wants to make sure she looks hot. And as she's getting ready for bed, she has a gun by the bed. And David Hasselhoff's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why do you got a gun? And she's like, it's my sleeping pill. Which, of course, my mind then took it to a dark place. Like, yeah, you're going to sleep forever with that. I don't know why I thought she was going to blow her brains out with it. That just makes no sense. That's just where my mind goes. But then he's like, you know, that Steven Seagal-looking motherfucker that was harassing you earlier think it might be him because you know isn't it weird that he was harassing you right in front of me which why is that weird david hasselhoff okay harassing her in public yeah maybe that's kind of bold of him but what does it matter that you were there (laughs) like what the fuck obviously you're a pussy and didn't want to fight him so it's not like he's gonna be like whoa 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 
David Hasselhoff's here. I am going to be on my best behavior so he doesn't kick my ass. But he didn't care because he saw that there was people riding their bikes nearby. And he knew if he had to, he could grab one and throw them at David Hasselhoff. Which he did. I love you, wannabe Steven Seagal. Except you look more in shape than Steven Seagal. And you look like you could kick more ass. Because, first of all, you could pick up a guy off a bike and throw him. That is awesome. Awesomely cool. But anyhow, just wouldn't you know it, speak of the devil, I'm sure his ears were burning, because while David Hasselhoff was talking about him, Steven Seagal wannabe, he's out there in the bushes taking pictures. So, yes, he is a paparazzi. And, as I said, fucking, she's got no blinds or shades or anything, but these huge fucking-ass windows... She's just making it easy for paparazzi to be like, oh, I'm taking pictures. I hope at least in her bedroom and bathroom that there's no windows or she's got covers. Because, yeah, just make that easier for the paparazzi. It's the next morning and David Hasselhoff is yawning like he just woke up. Which um, makes him kind of shitty as his job because he's supposed to watch over her. Well, he's like, yeah, it's all good. Got an alarm system. So he goes to get the USA Today. Cheap plug on their part, I guess. Couldn't just be like a fake newspaper. Because that would require like them making a mock-up newspaper. Why do that when you could just spend like the 75 cents to get the USA Today? You know, you think smart with these productions. But underneath the USA Today is an envelope with that uh, different fonts cut out of a newspaper writing and inside the envelope is pictures of her sleeping last night and she's all worried like how did they get in and just I want to bash my brains in or give her this sleeping pill gun that she has because she is still wearing that dress which means either she put the dress back on this morning or she slept in the dress. Just either way, like, really, you, I understand you gotta be fucking glamorous, but I'm sure you could have a glamorous pajamas or something. Just, or at least a new dress. Why are you wearing the same dress from last night? Why did you sleep in that dress? And she's all upset because like, ah, I hired you to protect me. And the guy was right here. And David Hasselhoff's like, wait, I locked this window. Why did you open it? Like, I need to sleep with the air. And like, what about the alarm system? I took it off the alarm. But who cares? It's upstairs. He's is he gonna climb. <laughs> so Um Guy climbed. Wait a minute, this is kind of weird. Does these guys have like an inside track? Cause he happened to well, I mean, I guess if he looks around the house and sees an open fucking window, then it's pretty obvious, like, okay, that's my in. And he managed to climb up there. Maybe he Spider-Man and jumped up there. Now, it's later in the evening, and the Hoff is still the one watching her, because, you know, weren't all three supposed to work together on, you know, watching her? So, is it his shift again already? Because it doesn't seem dark enough to be his shift again. I don't know, what are the hours of his shift? Because it was overnight, 
and in the morning. So does he? I I feel like he's taking more than eight hours in watching her. And they're walking on the beach, holding hands. And voiceover narration is talking about baseball. Because, you know, he's got to, you know, make sure he doesn't come early. Because that's what you do, right? You think about baseball. I am going to repeat one of my favorite jokes that I've written. I used to try to think about baseball when I was fucking to try to get myself to slow down and not come so fast. And all that happened is that now I ejaculate uncontrollably whenever I see Mike Piazza's face. Ha-ha. <laughs> that joke is better than anything in this fucking show. Yeah, I said it. So, yeah, I don't even understand the importance. Like, something with the pitcher and the catcher and they're throwing signs. And it's just like the signs of holding hands. And then she talks about how the blondie model that got thrown off the cliff before everyone says it's suicide but she knows it's not suicide because that model was happy the last time she saw her which so obviously carol alt knows nothing about suicide and how depression works you know if you're depressed enough to kill yourself that doesn't mean you spend like 24 hours just moping about being all depressed you have your happy moments depression is a very like confusing thing where your emotions are all over the place it isn't just being sad so she might have been very happy and excited about the job she got and still want to kill herself moot point because we know she didn't kill herself we saw that she got pushed but carol alt doesn't know that well what carol alt does know that she is in the presence of the hoff and so they start making out at which point, the girl partner shows up, and she's like, whoa. And I think she thinks, like, oh, this isn't good. Which, you know, it isn't. You shouldn't sleep with your clients. Isn't that, like, rule number one of, like, private investigator stories? You know, you fuck with your client, or you fuck your client, they are guilty. And they're just trying to throw you off the trail. Oh, there's been a break in the missing body case if you remember that one I've already forgotten it but the missing body from the funeral home they've got a lead now because there was a guy in the casket um which I would think like didn't they realize that that there was a guy in the casket she was supposed to be in um cause that was part of what led to this whole like case like oh Wait, that's not the right body. Or is it that there was no body at first and now suddenly there's this other body in the casket? In which case is probably the funeral home was just like, eh, fuck it, we got a casket. Let's throw this guy in there. But there's also a break or a lead in the other case, the Carol Alt case, where they're talking to the editor of some publication, some sort of tabloid, and honestly, I didn't really pay too much attention although it looked like she had the hots for the black partner and she was like flirting hard with him and touching him and stuff dude go for it go for it i i know she's kind of despicable because she works for tabloid and hires paparazzis and it's like awful but dude go for it so now there's some fashion thing going on on the beach and carol alts in her dressing room not in her dressing room, it's the dressing room for all the models. 
and David Hasselhoff comes and confronts her with some of the pictures that he got from the tabloid, and that he she's with some dude who I think is important for some reason. I don't know. One of those moments where I just kind of started tuning out because it's like, uh, I, I don't really care about the plot here. I might be missing out important things on the plot, but apparently it makes it seem suspicious, and Carol Alt's like, oh, you sound like you're accusing me of something. Which, yeah, I, I don't know what he's accusing you of, baby, but something, he doesn't trust you. So I don't trust you because I trust the Hoff's instincts. But then all the other models who, they're walking topless but holding their boobies because this is network TV. Not even network TV, it's syndicated TV. Either way, they can't show boobs. But, you know, then the girl partner's like, oh, we gotta get you out of here because, you know, this is where girls are getting dressed. You may be Hasselhoff, but you shouldn't be there. So the fashion show is going on, but suddenly, at the back, Carol Alt screams because someone has written a warning on the mirror about they're going to kill her or something. And she's like, oh, no, and everyone's like, saying, like, oh, you were supposed to be watching her, girl partner, and you let this guy come, like, very close to be able to write on her mirror, which, you know, she should fire back, yeah, well, fucking Hasselhoff let some guy get into her bedroom and take pictures. I don't see you giving him this kind of shit. But then, Hasselhoff's eyes catches something. It's the Steven Seagal wannabe. So he starts chasing after him, and they run for a long time. Until the Steven Seagal wannabe realizes, Hey, let me just grab this rollerblader and throw her at the Hasselhoff. <laughs> Which, bravo, I like this guy's fighting style. I'm rooting for him. Because, um, you know, rule number one, the most obvious suspect is not the actual suspect. It, He's the most obvious suspect, but he's not the criminal. Am I... Sorry, I forgot where I'm going with that. Because he threw a rollerblader at... David <laughs> Hasselhoff. Oh, man. I want... I, I'm going to watch that again. But he manages to escape because the distraction and some nuns help David Hasselhoff get up. Yeah, I'm not lying about that. Some nuns. It, it was a whole thing. D don't ask. Back over at the office, Fortune Teller Girl is helping out, and I guess she must have, like, done all the filing, because she manages to find the contracts that they were looking for, or maybe she's using her fortune telling to tell, but she knows that hammers would be filed under D, so she doesn't explain why. So I want to know, why is a hammer under D and contracts under F? Explain it to me. Maybe she did, and my mind was like, fuck that, that's too stupid an explanation. But she does some sort of magic thing to take the evil spirits out of the phone, and the phone starts working again. And then she tells female partner that the password is butthead. Get it? What's the password? Butthead. So it wasn't calling her a butthead, it was telling her that the password is butthead. Easy peasy. Still, how do I get my computer to tell me that? I I want my computer to call me a butthead. I think that would be funny. But, anyhow, a girl partner, she's kind of got suspicions about the supermodel. She's like, huh, isn't it weird how, you know, the 
notes from the stalker aren't in their handwriting. Well, I mean, what gave you the clue that it wasn't his handwriting? The fact that, you know, it was all pieced together from magazine clippings? I, I think it's kind of obvious it wasn't his handwriting. And she also thinks it's weird that Steven Seagal dude would harass her in front of David Hasselhoff. Which, why? Why is that such a weird thing? Okay, like, in public, yeah, but if he's crazy... Is he really going to care that he's doing it in public? And she's also, woman partner is also not happy that David Hasselhoff kissed the supermodel. Do not get involved with your clients. And David Hasselhoff's like, it was a moment. And then back to her house, and Carol Alt just is in a swimsuit and starts swimming around the swimming pool for David Hasselhoff. It is weird and a little creepy, because the Hoff is just watching her like he doesn't even join in like hey let me uh swim with you let me make this less awkward like no 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 let's keep it awkward and he just watches her swim i don't know i'm i'm ready i'm ready for this episode to be over she's the killer right she just she faked this whole thing right i that's my money that's where that's where i'm placing my money then the hoff hears a noise so he goes searching through the house and oh my god it's the Steven Seagal dude and oh no he's gonna he's got a gun oh no he's gonna shoot the Hoff and the Hoff tries to wrestle him off and but then bang gunshot it was Carol Alt with her sleeping pill gun now Steven Seagal's in for the deep sleep is that a thing deep sleep is what they call death right we'll go with it so Hoff is like, okay, well, you know, stand your ground and all that, because, you know, you're just protecting yourself, let me go call the police. And while he's calling the police, she starts rummaging through her, through that guy's belongings and his pockets. She's expecting to find something. And Hoff sees this and he's like, huh, that is weird. But seeing the supermodel go through Steven Seagal dude's pockets... Just really, really bugged the Hoff. Like, why would she do that? And everything clicks for him. She was looking for his ID to find his house. Because there was no stalker. The letters she made herself. I, I don't know what, uh, where you jump to that conclusion. How do you prove that? Just, sure. And the pictures. She took them herself. Which, okay, this he had a little more evidence for, because in each of the pictures, her bed was, like, a little different. So, yeah, she got up, set the automatic timer on the Polaroid camera, got into bed, took the picture, got up again. So, yeah, things are going to move around. Unless, you know, she's like me and just fucking, like, tosses and turns all night. Like, yeah, if someone were out there taking pictures of me while I sleep, it's going to be a whole array of, like, pillows, piled on one side and then on the floor and my clothes off halfway through the night it's so she could still like argue like i think she would still have a good alibi but he follows her because she's figured it out see the picture from the tabloid shows that she arrived at the airport hours before she was supposed to 
And the ticket that she was going to use, she didn't actually use, according to the airport. So it turns out that she was in the vicinity of the dead supermodel while the supermodel was still alive. And thus, she had killed... Carol Alt had killed the other supermodel. And Steven Seagal dude found out, and he was taking pictures. And so he was blackmailing her, and... Have I described this? Like, have I explained it well enough? So Steven Seagal, dude, found out that Carol Alt killed this other person. So he was stalking her. Or, not stalking her, blackmailing her. So she had this whole plan and used David Hasselhoff as a patsy to kind of give an excuse to kill the Steven Seagal dude in self-defense. And she would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for Hasselhoff and his meddling ways. And she goes to shoot Hasselhoff because she's like, I've already killed two people. I was going to say, well, technically only one. No, but she did kill. She was the one that did shoot Steven Seagal, dude. So she sticks the gun in David Hasselhoff's stomach. And she pulls the trigger. But oops! David Hasselhoff took the bullets out already. When? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> like, did he, like, immediately after she shot him, like, ah, I gotta take the bullets, because this isn't right. She's rifling through the guy's, like, wallet. So, yeah. When did he take the bullets? And, you know, give me back my bullets. I don't, you know what? I don't know how that Skinner song goes. But anyhow, he took her bullets at some point. So, sorry, Kara Alt, you got outhoffed by the Hoff. So, the case having been solved, the Hoff then settles into the Bad Blues Club to hear some really bad white boy blues. Good old blues rock. I don't, I was gonna try to <laughs> make the sound of the blues licks that these white boy blues rock guitarists like to do. But, yeah. But they did get uh, paid for solving the missing body case, which unfortunately is going to go all to the phone bill, because apparently they had to call someone in Calcutta. So I guess the body that was found was from a family in India, and so it got mixed up, and well, who cares? They solved the case. They solved two cases, even though Steven Seagal dude is dead because David Hasselhoff, Spent a little too much time thinking with his dick and not with his mind. But hey, it all—it happens. We've all thought with our dicks, which then ended up in a guy getting killed. It happens, Hasselhoff. Don't bother yourself too much over it. And that was the first episode of Baywatch Nights, titled Pursuit. Yeah, this is an awful show. But not quite, like, awful enough to be fun. So I'm hoping that it just gets more ridiculous and more, like, horrible as this goes on. Because I'm committed to this bit. I'm committed to it now. I will watch this entire series and lose brain cells. By the time we get to the final episode, I'm just going to be, like, just a talking amoeba. Or something. Yeah. But anyhow. 
You can always contact me at velvetowl at hotmail.com. I don't know yet if I'm going to put these on YouTube. If they are on YouTube and that's where you listen to, leave a comment. And check out my other podcast, Velvet Owl Watches Movies, so you don't have to. I am saving you from the migraines that I am getting from watching this crap. So, I love you guys. Toodaloo.